Welcome to the Mariner's Church Life Group Leader Podcast. This weekly conversation is designed to equip and resource you to build a healthy life group community that studies God's Word, practices spiritual rhythms, and changes the world together. Well, welcome to week one of Fighting for Joy. We are so excited to jump in to the book of Philippians together, not only through our weekend teaching series, but of course, in and through our life groups uh, during the week. This is going to be just a great book to study together. We're excited to to begin this with you all. Uh, if you have not listened already, please do go back and listen to the series overview that we released with um, Eric Geiger on Wednesday. It's going to be really helpful to give you a little bit more of an understanding of the book of Philippians and also some of the insight of where we're believing God's going to uh, work through this book in and through our church. Um, well, I'm John, John Thomas here, and I'm solo this week. I'm so sorry. It's a scheduling conflict on my part, and so you get to just listen to me today. So we're going to uh, get through this here together. Why don't we jump in straight away uh, through the lean-in. Uh, the lean-in for this week is uh, this. When was a time in your life that you would say was the most joyful? Um, another way to you, you could maybe phrase that is, hey, but when was a time in your life when you were overwhelmed with joy? What 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 did that what did that look like? And of course, that's getting us to think about things that bring us joy, calling into remembrance different circumstances, things that we've experienced. And uh, for me, the, the first thing that was top of mind was the first time that I became a dad, which was uh, a, more than fourteen years ago now. Uh, I remember uh, Olivia being born, our first daughter, Hogue Hospital, Ocean View window, steak dinner, the whole thing. Uh, sounds like it was really easy. It wasn't, <laughs> obviously, on my wife. Um, but man, what what an incredible moment. We'll never forget that. And then being sent home, which is also a little bit terrifying and, and overwhelming. But for sure, that that for us was a life-changing moment, just overwhelmed with joy and gratitude. So gratitude. So what that what is that for you? Talk about that with your groups. Again, just to get our thinking about uh, circumstantial joy, things that, that bring us uh, uh, happiness. Um, and then your look down is, is split up into two different sections uh, from verses 1 through 5 and 1 through 16. Um, I'll read 1 through 5 here. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and, de- and deacons, grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel uh, from the first day and until now. So a couple look down questions. What was it, um, Paul and Timothy, what was it about the relationship with this church in Philippi that led them to give thanks about them? Uh, and then what feelings did Paul have when he prayed for the Philippians? What caused this feeling? And so if you remember in the message Eric brought us back to Acts 16, which is really the the origin story of the church in Philippi. So you won't want to go back and listen to that, but it's a beautiful um, telling of of how God brought really diverse people from different economic, social economic strings, different ethnicities together. Um, you know, there was this prayer in Judaism, which was God, thank you for that you didn't make me um, a woman a slave or a Gentile. And wouldn't you know it, in Acts 16 of the birth of this church, all three of those categories of real people are brought into the gospel. And so Paul is remembering that story. Paul is remembering the partnership of that they've had to see this uh, thriving uh, outpost of, of followers of Jesus that were birthed. So the, the letter that he writes, it's really one of like 
it's really sincere. It seems really pastoral. I mean, you, you get the sense that man, he 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 cared greatly for these people. He knew these people that he saw God do incredible things in and through them. And so that comes through at the letter. So you want to call that to mind. It might be even great actually to pick up Acts 16, read that that story of how the gospel out um, outworked there, because um, it provides this great context, understanding what what God, what God did through the church in in Philippi. Um, then we get to verses six through eleven. It says this, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right of me to think this way about you all, because I have you in my mind, and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Then it goes on for a few more verses. Um, but what did Paul mean when he told the Philippians that they were partners with me in grace? Well, I think he's highlighting that this truly is a work of God's grace, <laughs> that there's no other way that Paul, somebody who used to pursue and persecute Christians, kill Christians, is now in this position of helping to start up these outposts, these outposts of followers of Jesus. And, and in Philippi, a place that would have seemed unlikely with unlikely people, that there's no other way but through the grace of God that he would bring these people together to be the advancement uh, of his kingdom story. And then what is significant about the Philippians maintaining their support of Paul in prison? And then what impact might this have on Paul's sense of joy? Um, well, you, Paul is, is, is in a prison. <laughs> he, he's, he's physically bound. He can't go and do the things that he was used to doing, starting new churches, encouraging new churches, traveling. He, he's bound. He's maximizing his opportunity for the gospel. We know many of the, the epistles were written, prison epistles in, in prison. So he's maximizing his opportunity, which is incredible. Um, but he would have been dependent upon the generosity uh, of outsiders. He wasn't supplied with three square meals a day. He wasn't looked after in that kind of way. And so the Church of Philippi sends a representative to check in on Paul, to 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 give him some resources. And this letter is in response to, hey, Paul, how are you doing? And here's some resources. And then this letter is written in response, which is significant that you can see that there's, it's more than a friendship. I think we have that, right, in our lives. It's more than I like you, you like me. There's an exchange of maybe um, currency in there. You do this for me, I do this for you. It's so much deeper beyond that. It's so much more eternal than that. It's a partnership in the advancement of the good news of Jesus Christ, which has transformed their lives, which has transformed our lives. So there's some significance there. And you can see that again in the tone of this letter. As we move to the lookout question, a couple of questions here, which are really uh, designed to get your group to think about the difference between happiness and joy. You know, happiness, of course, being circumstantial, joy being something that, that can last. And then getting us to think about, man, what are the things that we look to, that we search to, after to find joy? How do those things let us down? Where do they disappoint us? Um, and, and spend some time talking about that. And you might even go back into the lean-in question. You know, as I shared, one of the most joyful moments in our life, becoming a father. Hey, guess what? <laughs> Parents, you all know this, that not every moment of parenting is filled with incredible highs and joys, that there are deep valleys and deep moments of dependence upon God's leading as you lead through the complexities of uh, of raising as of raising kids and so even that like even being a parent as incredible that it is is an external identity an external pursuit that cannot be my 
true source of identity, my true source of, of purpose and meaning. It can't be my the thing that's going to fuel me on through all eternity. So have a conversation around that. What are the things that you look to? Where have you seen it? Where have they let you down? And then the look-in section, the question here is, what are some things in your life that steal your joy? So um, not only what are the things that you pursue, but hey, what are the things that um, that are robbers of joy in your life? Be it, you know, worry, anxiety, or, or your own self-centeredness, or, you know, maybe it's your propensity to try to control an outcome in every situation and, and know what's ahead down the road. And, or maybe it's, you have a desire to be seen as somebody who's powerful and successful and to build a name for yourself. And you found out that, man, this, this isn't happening. This isn't working here. What are those things? Have that conversation uh, with your group together, set the pace and vulnerability yourself uh, as the leader uh, of your group. But then I love this last question. It talks about the relationships that we have that, can really foster joy uh, within one another, relationships that are centered around around the gospel. And then this is a great point to talk about that in your group, to say where you've seen that in one another, to call it out in one another, to call to mind, as Paul is calling to mind in his letter. You could say, man, I remember that time where I was in need and, and you anticipated my need and you came to me. Or I remember when I was wobbly in my identity of Christ and, and you reminded me of of who, who I really am. They call that out in, in, in one another. Because again, it's not just about friendship. We can find friendship in, in, in lots of different ways. And that's a great, wonderful gift. But there's a difference between um, just a, a friendship and, and partnership in the gospel. That is the commonality, which of course, there's an element of friendship to that. And we all want that. But friendship in and of itself isn't enough. It's friendship that's centered around the unity of the gospel and set on mission. So have that conversation uh, with your groups as you conclude your discussion uh, this week. And then also want to encourage you, um, this weekend is an I Believe uh, invitation. And so if you're listening to this um, prior to the weekend message, man, join us in praying for, for, for many to respond to the, to the gospel this weekend. And then if you're listening after the fact, you want to pray that the, the seeds that were planted, that they would take root, that they would flourish, that the enemy wouldn't come in and rob those away, that those that say yes to Jesus would also take their next steps in discovering the grace that has not only brought them into relationship with him, but the grace that's going to fuel the relationship with God going forward. So spend some time praying for that in your groups, and then pray with us this week that that would continue to take root. So we're so excited, you guys, for this book. I can't wait to study it with my life group this weekend. Set the tone in that, your enthusiasm to study this book. That goes a long way, and there's nothing better than diving into God's scriptures together in community, letting scripture read us together, and then being encouraged and challenged uh, to live it out. So we can't wait to see how God is going to use this series, Fighting for Joy, in and through your groups this summer. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week, and don't worry, I'll have a co-host with me.